Being a Better Man, episode 131. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I grew up on a farm out in the country in the beautiful Pacific Northwest in the state of Washington, where I still live. The Pacific Northwest is known for being a sanctuary for the legendary Bigfoot, also called the Sasquatch, which was the name the American Indians gave it many, many years ago. The lore of local tribes is full of Sasquatch stories. We moved to the farm when I was seven. And by the time I was eight years old, all I thought about was Bigfoot. I grew up surrounded by tales of this mythical beast. I would seek out information in the school library and anywhere else I could get my hands on it. The idea that this huge, hairy, man-like creature might be lurking somewhere out in our woods was absolutely fascinating to me. My father had a friend named Larry who was about ten years older than him. So he seemed very old to me. And one day while he was visiting, he gave us a personal account. He said he was driving down a road at night. And he went around a curve and his headlights illuminated something in the distance. Something huge and hairy standing next to one of those yellow aluminum arrow signs. Larry told us that as the lights hit it, it threw its arms up as though to shield its eyes. And then it angrily struck out and hit the sign with its arm before running back into the wood line. Larry said he sped straight home after that, but the next day he went to that location and he saw the sign folded over like a taco shell. He was convinced he had seen a Bigfoot. My imagination was already churning with thoughts of the Sasquatch. I would sit around for hours drawing pictures of it and just thinking about it wondering how they lived and what their babies looked like, all sorts of things. But hearing a personal account from someone I knew and respected sent my imagination into overdrive. Strangely, I never considered the fact that Sasquatch would be mean or ill-tempered. I had never heard stories about them hurting anybody. I wanted desperately to find one, to know it, to become its friend, so, I devised a plan. At this time in my life, my favorite thing to eat was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches made with my mother's homemade strawberry jam. It made sense to me that if I found them irresistible, that Bigfoot would as well. My plan was pretty simple. I would make some sandwiches and travel deep into the forest, into the dark part where very little light sifted down through the branches of the Douglas firs overhead. Once I found a good spot, I would sit down quietly, put a sandwich out on the ground a few feet in front of me, and wait. I wasn't foolish enough to believe that I would immediately meet a Bigfoot. From all I had read, 
They were very shy, very mysterious creatures who didn't trust people for obvious reasons. I did believe that they would see me, though. They would know I was there. They would watch me. And that through many of these waiting sessions, they would kind of get to know me and gradually come to understand that I was a friend. After I would sit quietly for about an hour, I would take out my own sandwich and eat it very slowly, relishing every bite, making it look as tasty as I could, hoping that Bigfoot was watching. I would usually stay out there three or four hours, completely quiet and perfectly still, except for when I was eating my sandwich. I always went to the same spot and sat under the same tree, and when I would leave, I would leave the Bigfoot sandwich there on the ground, and there was never any trace of it when I came back again. This went on for several months, once or twice a week, depending on the weather and my chores and homework, but whenever I would have time, I would make two sandwiches and head out. I didn't have any expectations of Bigfoot. I didn't want to make him a pet or anything. I just wanted to see him, to be in his presence. I felt like if I could do that, I would be better off somehow. The weeks and months went by, perhaps more than a year before I finally stopped. Bigfoot never did come to eat his sandwich with me. But the other things I got from the experience were amazing in their own right. Sitting quietly in the forest for an extended period of time is like traveling into another world, because after a while, the forest forgets you're there, and you begin to see things you would not see otherwise. Bigfoot never came out to meet me, but all the other animals of the forest did. Squirrels and chipmunks and deer would come so close I could have touched them. I saw all manner of birds and insects and coyotes and skunks and snakes and raccoons. It was like looking through a secret window that people didn't normally get to look through. It was like I became a part of everything. It was from this perch, waiting for Bigfoot, that I watched the seasons change. I watched new things grow and then die and return to the soil. I watched the weather change, and I saw the fur of animals get thicker with the cold. I was meditating on nature without even realizing that is what I was doing. It gave me a certain kind of peace that has never really left me. And I began to look inward. I began to know myself as part of something much bigger. In trying to meet a Bigfoot, I unwittingly gave myself a rare and special gift at the age of eight and then nine, the gift of silence and stillness, of quiet contemplation and observation. I learned that even though I didn't find what I was searching for, I was provided with something else equally as wonderful. The key to that was being willing and able to receive it. I could have gotten frustrated after two or three attempts, I could have been upset that my plan did not unite me with a Sasquatch. I could have went home and turned on the TV and forgot about the whole silly thing. But instead, I waited. And I kept waiting. And for that, I was rewarded with sights and sounds and memories and sensations that will remain with me until I die. And it's never too late. No matter how old you are or what you've been through, being alone and quiet and still in the middle of nature 
is something everyone can benefit from. No matter where you live, anyone can wait for Bigfoot, and in doing so, begin to see all the other things you might have missed otherwise. Look, I know that everybody doesn't live on a farm in Washington State. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're in the middle of a big city. Go to the park, or drive a couple hours until you hit the wilderness, or find a state park. I have listeners from all over the world. Maybe you live in a desert, in the Middle East, or in China, or the savannah, the Mongolian steppes. Look, wherever you are, nature exists right along beside you, and some of you may have to travel to find it, but it's there, and it's worth it. Go be alone in it. Wait for Bigfoot. Let me know how that experience was for you. The lesson here is that life is a lot bigger than the things right in front of you. Take the time to wait and wonder and see yourself as part of a bigger picture. The result may be that it will help you be a better man today than you were yesterday. Try it out and let me know how it goes. Until next time... This is Alf Herigstad, signing out.